Hi, I'm Steve Costello. I'm here with my partner in crime or partner in cool things, Leo Farberg. Um, turning the tables, that's what it's all about. How do we turn the tables on our challenges? We're talking in the main psychological challenges, but there are other types of challenges as well that are not quite so deep as uh, some of the things we're going to talk about are. But let's see what happens today. Now, we were just having a conversation about tools tools that helps so for example we've got a personal challenge and there are there are 101 more there's thousands of tools that can be used that are evidence-based they're very cool they're very easy so they can be used to solve some of our, of our challenges but so many people tell us they don't work so why do so many people tell us that they don't work well, re simple, there is a simple reason for that, and the simple reason is because they didn't have a guide. They didn't have a hand to hold as they practice their little tool. They didn't have somebody to keep them accountable because it didn't work on the first day or the second day or even the third day. So on the fourth, they'll quit and try a new one. That happens. That happens quite frequently. So we're going to talk about some of those things. But the other things we're going to talk about are some amazing questions we've received recently. Questions that have come in from clients. Um, Leo and I have just chatted generally about some of these questions, but we're going to give you some more detail. And as I said, we're going to talk about some of the tools that help as well. So a question that came to me last week from one client was, how can I release long-held trauma? And this particular client is perhaps the one that got the discussion going about all the different tools because she told me that she tried a lot of different things, a lot of different tools, a lot of different techniques, and none of them seemed to work. Now, this particular client also has a complication. It's not for her just about releasing long-held trauma. She also made ADHD. ADHD challenging in many, many ways. We're not going to cover the detail of ADHD today because that's not what this, this uh, episode is about. But it's an additional challenge she has to manage to release her long-held trauma. So what can we do with this personally? Or how can we get an enabler to release her traumas? What I personally would first of all i would like to talk to a client because there it's very hard to give general recommendations without seeing a client and seeing uh, I, I i should mention that probably you should not necessarily uh tell uh, the therapist all the details of your trauma because the first thing is that trauma is the is something uh, that is uh, held in your nervous system it's not the knowledge. It's not the situation, but it's the uh, it 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 is the cause, but or it's the situation where your nervous system reacted this the way that it got caught in a reaction, and so it stays in this reaction, or this reaction is provoked in any situation that somehow reminds you of of the uh, initial one. 
or it, it may not be the same, but whatever triggers your reaction, something that reminds you, maybe uh, is for, for sometimes it's very difficult to find a connection, but it doesn't matter. It's your nervous system and it's your, uh, mostly it's your, uh, the, the part of the brain that lays behind the uh, part which thinks. And that's why we say it's not a very smart part of your brain and it's your bodily uh, nervous system, which is called autonomic nervous system that react this way. That's why they, they are not uh, thoughtful or intelligent at all. And so whatever they think <laughs> is, 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 is a dangerous situation. That's the uh, way they react. And so uh, if you know you've got a trauma and it's, again, it's not, and it, it, you might have had a terrible situation, but it does not necessarily cause trauma. Uh, and again, trauma is your, the state of your nervous system. And so to, if you want to release it, we have to first get exposed to it again and not going back to this. I mean, in, in going back to the situation in your mind or discussing the, the, some details that you experience, not again, the story, but whatever sensation in your body arises when when you get in a situation or you get triggered and so and it's not just talking to a friend it's not talking to even sometimes a support group is not enough but though it's great because uh, very often support groups uh, you just tell your story and everybody thinks, thank you, you're a brave person and give you a round of applause. And, and but there is no release uh, except just telling the story. Uh, so you have to explore your situation. You have to get exposed uh, to look at it from a different point of view. Uh, and of course it might trigger you and it will trigger you and you have th therefore to be in a setting with a prepared professional uh, where you get the full support, uh, the specially chosen techniques, uh, which are chosen by a professional because of your personal situation, who you are, where you are, what your trauma is, what your reaction is, and of course, you can help yourself to on your own by doing everything possible to retrain your nervous system and to regulate it, get it back from the dysregulated state because the traumatized nervous system is a, 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 an alert nervous system, a, a nervous system which is ready to uh, go into uh, the protective mode of fight, flight, or freeze. And so you have to do everything possible to regulate it, to learn how to regulate it. And of course, a good professional is also the one who will help you choosing the tools for it. You can try many. Now we've got a situation that all the tools are listed. You, you, 
you go to internet <laughs> and all the tools are there, but it's very difficult to choose uh, suitable ones for yourself. That's why a counselor is good. By the way, uh, people are social creatures and uh, we get our traumas mostly from other people and their deeds. And so if you want to treat it right, you have to go to a person you can trust, or at least think you trust, <laughs> and turn it into a trust. And this is a very helpful tool by itself when you are supported and cared and assisted and uh, whatever is possible in the best uh, human relationship. You can get it in, in a counseling. Yeah, I think I just want to go back to uh, finding things on the internet. So I found an amazing article, um, amazing because it was fairly well researched, it was well presented, it was easy to read, and it was a recipe for healing from trauma. And it was a scary recipe because I think somebody who had some trauma in there would try to follow it. He suggested start here and then do this and then do this. I'm not going to go into all the points that were in there because, well, part because there were too many, but it's not going to be helpful. But it was a recipe for healing. And how many people have come across that recipe, tried it and failed? And what's the result of failure? This isn't helpful. I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to feel like I can never get rid of whatever it is that's challenging me so on and so forth so that there are other negatives that come up because of trying to do things without that guide the guide that leo has been talking about the the psychologist the counselor whatever you want to call them the coach there are some amazing coaches out there who use your linguistic programming or nlp they're very very good at it they know when to apply it they know how to hold the hand of the client and enable them to work through it's that enabling they need to be able to turn the tables on whatever it is that's challenging us. So as Leo said, we've, it's no good trying to do things on our own. Now it sounds like I'm beating the drum to say, come and book a session with Leo or book a session with Steve. Well, guess what? I am, of course, <laughs> but seriously, it's important. That's why we're talking about that we don't talk about things to the business that we're not interested in doing that. So please, please think carefully about that. Yeah, so, I think it's necessary. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it's, it's necessary. Uh, trauma is an emotional thing. And, and psychology deals with emotions very especially. Spe but be reasonable because, of course, so many people now, and we are not an exclusion that we pr try to promote our work and our services or our materials. And, of course, you go to Internet and you see, like, get rich in five days. If you practice this, your money will flow like crazy in seven days. If you just take this tool, uh, you will release trauma or whatever blocks we are talking about, relationships. But uh, just be reasonable. The, it, it's a, a name, a word to attract your attention, which is good. But then you have to realize that 
this is not the kind of magic that happens overnight or after doing one exercise as you go to your to your gym to build on your muscles uh, the same goes with nervous system if you need to retrain it to you need to repeat things many times uh, and there are some tools that will make it faster or more uh, you know oriented not just running around the field but make a path and if you go through a field which is uh, all grown up to you like waste of course the first time will be difficult but if you repeat your route several times you'll get a path <laughs> the same goes within your skull our nervous pathways are called pathways because we build them up and and yep. when you do it with someone who knows what they're doing <laughs> and leading to the place that you've both decided to go to you'll get the stable results yeah absolutely i think that's a great way to put it interestingly if you look at the whole thing about repetition forming habits because it does there's no doubt about that nobody's arguing with that that point but where there is some argument is how many repetitions it takes to begin to form a habit well guess what that doesn't work either there's a an author's name clear and james clear talks about how long it takes to form a habit there's some research that tells you it takes about six months on average to form a habit or 10,000 repetitions, really. It would be great to get 50 people together and ask them to repeat the same behaviors and see who gets a habit quickest. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek. So we've got to take that with a pinch of salt. We know that repetition forms habits, so positive repetitions can form positive habits. That's all we know, and we've got it it until we get the habit we're looking for thinking about trauma so i mentioned repetition compulsion so what what is this all about so let's say we've had a and i'm gonna talk uh, move on to kind of move into an, another question and somebody said to me last week does repeating the past relate to phobias too and this particular person was talking about the phobia he has of a bee sting, a bee sting from when he was very young. Now, we had a little bit of a discussion about could he actually remember that bee sting? He thinks he can, but if we put him in a kind of a court situation, I'm not so sure he's thinking he can, would stand up because he had scouts and a little bit of uh, uncertainty. I too was stung by a bee when I was three. And I think I can remember it, but can I? Can I really? I'm not so sure that I can. I remember what my mum said and what my grandmother said, who, who was present at the time. Maybe that is what I'm remembering. I don't know. So repetition compulsion. So you, you're stung by a bee when you're three years old. You see a bee when you're five years old. What do you? What happens? You remember what you know of the incident, whether it's other people's or your own memory. So you remember something. 
So you repeat, you, so you're compelled to repeat the feelings that went with that first beating. And then three years later, it happens again, and you re, you're compelled to repeat the feelings that went with that beasting. And the same is true in trauma. You're kind of compelled to repeat. We talked a little bit before we went live about the repetition of of situations. So let's say somebody is in a, a relationship with, with another person who's extremely narcissistic and that relationship comes to an end. So what does the, pe the person who was with the narcissist do? find themselves with another narcissistic person why do they do that that sounds like some some kind of personal torture but what makes them that and it's because they're familiar with the behaviors and they feel comfortable that's making it simple i made it too simple there perhaps but that's basically what's going on so what do you think about this whole thing leo of phobias and repeating the compulsion to repeat our behaviors I, I may sound repeating myself <laughs> about repetition, <laughs> compulsion, but it's, uh, again, it's a state of your nervous system. It's something that, uh, it's not in the meaning of comfortable, uh, that means like relaxed and, you know, beautiful setting and whatever. No, the comfort, which Steve means, I'm, I'm sure, is, uh, is something that uh, is very familiar to the nervous system. That's the comfort zone everybody's talking about. We have a joke uh, that how to get out of your comfort zone if you've never had one. <laughs> so it's probably the comfort zone that uh, is, is, is something that is familiar to you. And, and that's uh, also the necessity or if, if you've had trauma, because these are different aspects of trauma. We can talk about trauma in, in many different ways and so many things uh, have to be said about it but uh, trauma may be something that was forming you and trauma may be something uh, that happened once like a bee sting but it overwhelmed your nervous system uh, the way it, it got stuck in, in this mode of fear and, and turned it into phobia but uh, it's always about nervous system because when you see a bee and you have a vague memory of, of a bee uh, stinging you it's uh, not a fear of a bee it's a fear of that state that nervous system got into we very often get into some states and we don't realize and mostly all the counseling business is like you know i feel bad make it better okay that's the way <laughs> let's find a way to make it better because it's the sensations in the body other thing is of course it's it's patterns how you talk to people how you uh, read the people's behavior or words or something but the basic thing is the state how to uh, relieve uh, the anxious or fearful or angry state and make it uh, like calm or energized or effective whatever so it's the ba basic and very simple explanation I feel bad, bad help me 
okay, sit down, let's talk about it and see what can be done to make you feel better. Yeah. And then to find a new relationship. As soon as you get clear with your state and how you feel, uh, it, it is much easier to know how to act, how to get into a new relationship and not repeat the, the previous pattern because you get uh, more regulated, you get you become different. Absolutely. I'm just I was just thinking as as you were talking Leo about uh, our senses. So we've got sight, <coughs> auditory, hearing, taste, smell, and smell touch. Okay, the the five main senses, I guess. So when you think about let, let's say the four, let me let me use my example of I was stung by the bee when I was about three years old. I have a very clear, now it may not be accurate, it might be false, but I have a very clear visual memory. I can see the cute suit I was wearing, which was blue shorts, blue short sleeve top, uh, quite kind of a quite a bright blue with with a yellow print on it on the shorts and the shirt. So I can remember that. I remember being stood on the gate at the entrance to our family home. It was a metal gate with kind of iron device. And I used to stand on it. And I would stand on it particularly if dad was due on from work or we knew there was a particular visitor coming. So I can see the images. I have a very clear visual sense of what what was going on there that day. And if I think about my preference, if I think about something, I like to have visual images. That's me personally. I seem to thrive off visual. Other people, however, I, I can think of some clients who've told me that they have a very auditory sense. They hear what happened in the past. They hear the story. They hear the story on repeat. They don't really see the pictures. If you ask them to describe a picture, they'll often give me a cloudy image. It's not defined well enough in sense of, but the words that they can hear are fantastic. They're very clear. So that's interesting again. And then my, my own father, for example, told me about an olfactory sense or memory. So in other words, a smell. So when he smells a particular thing, it always, without fail, reminds him of his dad. Wherever he is, when he gets that smell, and it's quite a common smell, I'm not going to say what it is, he, he, he notices it and he remembers his dad, who died, incidentally, 30 years ago. Give or take, but the memory is still very strong relating to that smell. So we all, we all have a preference. I'm not saying that I don't have any auditory memories, because I probably do, but my dominant memory is definitely visual. So how do you how do you relate to that that one, Leo? Well, we we know that people got five senses, but get, but uh, the truth is we've got much more. Uh, details more senses than just uh, uh, the traditional view 
uh, of five senses. And it includes uh, all kinds of perception, perception of your body or perception of what's going on inside of your body, perception of what's going on around your body. We also have uh, other uh, categories like thoughts, uh, memories, emotional memories, which are very much uh, connected with the with the bodily memories because emotions are, are, are sensations are also sensations they're connected so uh, and m- many people have different <clears throat> modes that are preferable that are more developed or have a greater role in perception uh, i think nlp has a very detailed description of uh, those modes. Uh, and uh, again, by the way, uh, talking about get, getting back to the topic of, of finding a professional, it's important that your professional counselor fa- finds your uh, your leading modes or your preferable modes and uses uh, them to help you process and reprogram uh, your memories. And by the way, trauma is always, or such memories as being stung by a bee or or whatever traumatic or painful event that might be, uh, the emotional part of the brain uh, sets close like, as, as, as if embracing the part of the brain that mostly deals with memories. Because the most important thing for, for a human, for any live being, is to escape danger and to survive. So when you get stung by a bee and you're a child and you cannot explain and just feel this terrible pain, uh, uh, your body tells you, don't deal with bees anymore. It's the bees are dangerous. Yeah. They bring pain, <laughs> and so it's it's basically it's an adaptive reaction. It it helps you learn and helps you prepare for some uh, for like if if such a situation happens again in the future. So the post traumatic stress disorder is uh, is 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 an interesting thing and an interesting uh, name because. It's like a trauma happened and you have a post-traumatic reaction to it because the trauma has already happened. But the trick is it's preparing for the future. It's, it, it has you constantly ready for some bad thing happening happen to you again. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. I think, I think that's it. That's probably a good place to pause because we're we are running out of time. I was just thinking of a little analogy about good bees and bad bees. So I have a grandson who's two years old and he knows good bees and bad bees. Good bees are the buzzy bee type, the 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 mm-hmm. one that stung me. I put notice where I put my hand, it stung me just under here. So I always put my hand there when I talk about bee stings. Interesting. So we we taught him that actually buzzy bees can stink and can hurt 
in, in some people it can cause a reaction obviously we've not explained that to him he's not going to get it so he knows so that also these buzzy bees are actually good things they're good bees and we like good things so these bad bees are mosquitoes and he named them those we didn't name those so if, if he's a mosquito he calls it a bad bee <laughs> and he's he will run, he will get out of the way from this bad bee because he knows he can't catch them. So I think that's an interesting story to think about. You know, so thinking about some of the tools we have, we we talked about tools earlier. There are many different tools. We mentioned NLP today. NLP's got some amazing tools where you can anchor a positive feeling and keep it anchored so that if something challenges that positive you've got it there and it kind of protects you and it helps you build up some resilience, which is a wonderful thing. But on the other hand, there are badly used, some of these tools won't work or misunderstood. Some of these tools won't work. Not having a guide, not having a, a counselor, a psychologist, a personal development specialist or a specialist coach there to guide you and who understands where you are who understands your story, who understands what works for you and what doesn't work for you, then quite often these tools fail. So please, please read about this stuff by all means, but don't jump in and hope that you're going to get a, a fantastic cure. Now, just before I forget, because I'm not very good at doing this stuff, we need a producer, Leo. <laughs> if you'd like to ask a question, we, we love questions. You do not need to be one of our clients to ask questions. So you can leave questions in the comments to this podcast, or you can contact us through WhatsApp, the numbers down there, or you can contact me via my LinkedIn profile. I always me. We keep all going through one person, and then it's easier for us to organize. So we're not saying, oh, well, if you've got the order, if you've got Steve. So send your comments, send your questions. You will get some answers. That's important. It's important to us. We also work, so you know that we work with individuals. We also work with groups. We have groups for all kinds of things. We have trauma. We have, I currently have a, a small addiction group. We're talking about addictions and we're looking at ways to help us relieve or recover from certain addictions. It's helpful. It's helpful to the people who are in there. There's no judgment. There's no massive expectations. We're all in there together. There's a lot of empathy. We share and we try to move on. As Leo said earlier, we don't sit around applauding and saying, well done for sharing that. We do say that. But we make sure there's a next step. So great. Well done for sharing. So what can we do now? So we move on which is a positive thing, obviously. So we can turn the tables on our addictions. We can turn the tables on our trauma. But we need support to do so. So please, please, please leave your questions and we will answer them. Leo, any final words? Trauma is a, a topic that we can talk all the time. I mean, so many aspects and so many uh, things 
can be done because uh, it's very often when you, uh, of course, if you hear some uh, stories in your uh, coaching setting or in your counseling setting, uh, well, yes, it's understandable, but it's, I, I feel sorry when I hear stories uh, somewhere, you know, around the place, somebody committing suicide, uh, and then it, it appears that it's because he had flashbacks uh, from some previous uh, stuff that ha had happened to him, or people are struggling in their relationships, people struggling with money. And it's uh, hard to live in, in the world because you know uh, that there are reasons and there are states uh, and there are views and you can help, but you cannot because they haven't come to you <laughs> and asked for it, you know. So uh, just be uh, caring about yourself. Uh, it's important. Nowadays, there are so few things that cannot be done. Most things can be done, can be corrected, can be helped with. So just take care of yourselves and don't leave it to to pass by itself or don't leave it uh, like to the end of your life when you get you know get, get some money uh, there are many different possibilities and just don't leave it there yeah i think that it's important it's important to know that it, it this is not just a sound bite it is okay not to be okay it's also extremely okay to talk about not being okay I know that too often society teaches us to be strong. There's a British saying, a stiff upper lip. In other words, you may be suffering inside, but we keep that stiff, stiff upper lip. We don't share it. We don't share that we're feeling weak and vulnerable. It's okay to feel weak and vulnerable. Do share it. Don't hide it. Don't buff it up. Okay, that's enough enough from me <laughs> yeah. we'll be back again next week same time same place it will be great to see you remember information at the bottom of the screen sending your questions and we'd love to hear from you bye from me bye bye